Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on. Hey, I'm happy here today. How many of you are having a good time at church today? Fantastic. Well, if I have not met you yet, my name is Ryan and my beautiful wife, Stephanie, is uh, the better half, and she is in serving our kiddos today. And uh, so if you'd love to uh, serve in our kids' ministry, go ahead and sign up. Uh, but she's in there loving on them, serving them, and it's fantastic. And uh, I just want to make a, a c- couple of quick thoughts before we move into the Word. Firstly, I just want to make mention again that uh, for those of you who don't know, Jesse, Jesse, stand up for me real quick. Jesse uh, started as an intern at our church, and she just recently transitioned to overseeing all of our family ministries at the church from zero, uh, babies in the, in the womb, to uh, all the way to 16 uh, years old. And so uh, if you're a parent here, you got a young person, she's the girl to talk to. She's doing an incredible job, and uh, we're so thankful for her. Also... Just by way of, annou- way of announcement again, our friend James, who's been serving us faithfully for three years as a volunteer, leading, he, James has led over 250 services at our church. <laughs> he's coming on staff here too, November 1st, starting, and he's going to be fantastic. He's m- quitting his job. <laughs> Were you worried no one was going to clap for you, or <laughs> you started clapping for yourself? <laughs> That was a little awkward. Okay. I'm like, well, I'm going to be preaching today. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're so thankful you're here, and you know, we just, um, we hope that uh, you uh, enjoy your time here. We'd, I'd love to meet you if I haven't met you, so again, make sure you hit out Discover. I'd love to meet you at the end of the service. Um, we, uh, ha- yes, last night we had our team night, and you're all invited every fourth Saturday of the month, and they're super fun. We do dinner, worship, uh, we do communion together, we have a, a message, and honestly, it's just a powerful night. Last night we had 75 people here, and it was fantastic. It was an amazing night. And, uh, and last night, uh, Courtney Dinah, who's not here today, she's on a flight to Brazil. <laughs> she uh, is going to be our first missionary to Cape Verde, Africa, starting in January. And so we're going to take an offering for her. We're not going to do that today, but I want you to pray about uh, if the Lord would love you to partner with her uh, on this journey. And uh, we will take an offering here in a couple of, couple of weeks, couple of months. And uh, so we'll be praying about that. It's going to be fantastic. Well, let me get into the Word today. Um, we got a lot of fun things we're going to do today, and I'm super excited about this. Today we're going to do something that... I don't often do, um, but I thought it would, I felt like uh, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this because I feel like it would be very beneficial for our church to really see what God is up to in our church. We've been in a series called Why the Church, and we've been talking about what is the purpose of the church. And if you are new here or you have not listened to this series, I strongly want to encourage you to go listen to this series online. And the reason is, is because we have a lot of different ideas about what, quote unquote, church is. A lot of us maybe come from a religious idea of church, where maybe you went to a Catholic church, or maybe you grew up in a, in a, hi- a hierarchical church, or maybe you, you never went to church, or maybe you come from another religion, maybe you uh, come from a Muslim, or, or maybe you were a Mormon, or Jehovah's Witness, or all these different uh, kind of faiths and different religious experiences. And what we did was we walked five weeks through what should the church look like biblically? And it is our our endeavor, Lord willing, to do that. And the first week we talked about how the purpose of the church is to destroy religion. Did you know God hates religion? How many of you hate religion? Come on, how many of you hate walking into a room and you feel like you just don't amount? You're just not good enough. 
You just don't quite cut it. You just don't quite add up to what you're supposed to look like and talk like and act like. And you feel like you got to act a certain way and be a certain way. And, and listen, I hate that because I hate kind of walking in a room having to be somebody I'm not. I want to be able to walk in as somebody I am with my problems, my idiosyncrasies, with my issues, with my hardships. The fact that this morning my wife and I, she was, we got in a little yelling match. Hello, anybody have a yelling match on a Sunday morning? Hello? Come on, Simon's like, hello. He's like, I'm about to have one right now. The fact that we're real people. And Jesus came to destroy religion. And you maybe grew up in a church that was dead, stale, smelled nasty, carpet need to be clean. The church of Jesus Christ is founded on the miracle of the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. That's proven historically and scientifically, by the way. Not only that, it's in the scripture, which we believe to be the breathed word of God. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a man who was dead and buried in the grave, rose from the dead. And now here we see in scripture uh, that we talked about on that first week, that the church of Jesus Christ is alive, is vibrant, is active, is miracle working, transforming, and God is using his church to transform people's lives. Yeah. So go listen to that. The next week we talked about how the purpose of the church, as I mentioned already, is to create genuine, true community, a place where you don't have to have this, this kind of expression of yourself, this self-image of expression where people can see this better you. You just get to be you. All your problems and issues. Admit the fact that, man, I don't got it all figured out, and I need, I need help. I need partnership. And community, we just started our groups this last week. Monday, tomorrow night is our next first second of our, 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 our second. You know what I mean. It's tomorrow night. One at James and Alana's house in the southeast and one at Ryan and Julie's house out in the, uh, in the uh, deep southeast. Or, I'm sorry, centrally in Acadia and one in the southeast. And we're going to launch two more here coming up. Uh, and those are great to be a part of that. Well, third week, we talked about how the church is to have true discipleship, that when you walk into the church, you should never leave the same. Have you come to church and going out of church and nothing's changed in your life? You're not, you're not actually attending church. <laughs> you're not actually not experiencing what Christ intended for his body is to, for you to be convicted and transformed and renewed and, and transformed in your life. And then when you walk into the house of God, because listen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is? Freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, Bassie? Liberty. Liberty. <laughs> she likes that word better. So when you walk, so this would mean that if you walk in an atmosphere where there should be God's presence and you walk out unchanged, maybe you weren't in a presence where God's spirit was. And there's a lot of churches throughout the world, and there's amazing churches throughout Calgary. Ours is not the only one who's trying to do this. There's amazing churches, and I'm friends with all of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. There's amazing churches in the city of Calgary, and God's doing something great. But the church of Jesus Christ should bring change in your life. Last week, last week we talked about the fact that, that, uh, that the, pur the purpose of the church is to figure out how you were wired, how you were created, and, and how you can make a difference in your life. That's last week. This week... We're, we're, this is kind of like the last of this installment, but actually we're starting a new series next week called Made for This. Well, I'm going to take six weeks and talk about the, 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 the sixth purpose of the church is to be a worshiper. And we're going to talk through the Bible what it means to be a worshiper, what it means to be somebody who lives a life of fulfillment that daily experiences the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. And it's going to be a great series, and I want to encourage you to come on out for that. So today what we're going to do is we're just going to talk a little bit about the final purpose of the church. Um, I don't know how many of you did this when you were kids, but have any of you ever, has ever played Kick the Can? Anybody play Kick the Can? Come on now. The street light, you know, we're out under the street light and on your street playing Kick the Can. And uh, obviously, how many of you played Hide and Seek? Probably all of us play Hide and Seek. Some of you are still hiding. <laughs> it's okay. We'll find you. <laughs> and how many of you have ever played the game Sardines? 
Okay, sardines is a game, from my understanding, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but sard, well, don't right now, I'll do it later. <laughs> sardines is this idea where all of these individuals uh, are, uh, are, are, are going to hide, and one person is going out to find the lost people. And as they go out to find the lost people, if I go out and I find James, who's not a very good hider, obviously, I find him, <laughs> and I say, okay, in sardines, he doesn't get found and the game's over. No, he joins me in the pursuit of finding the other lost people. And then what we do is we go around together. James and I go to the next person and we go in and find Julie. And now Julie and James and I are now going around and Sardines is, becomes a growing group of people that go from people who are lost to people who are found and now their job is to go find the other lost people. And the game ends when all of the people that are playing the game are searching for that one last lost person. And this is the purpose of the church. We are all gathered here today. Most of us in this room have been found. Some of us have not, and that's okay. Today, I believe that God's got a plan for your life, but we are on a journey, on a spiritual journey to find God, and we believe that that journey leads us towards the door or the gate to reach God. His name is Jesus Christ. And when we find Jesus Christ, we experience Jesus Christ, we have access to a relationship with God, to a relationship with the Father, to a, to a life of joy and peace, a life of community, a life of transformation, and something happens in our life that we did not anticipate on this journey. We're out hiding, we're out doing our thing, and all of a sudden a group of people come and find me and say, hey, did you know that you're in the darkness and I want to bring you into the light? We want to bring you into our community so that you can experience everything God intended for your life. And so I want to look at a verse today and we're going to watch a video. I've prepared a video. It's about a 20-minute long video and they're basically four stories from people in our church. So I just want to give a little foundation before we get there today. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Now we see two characters in Jesus' uh, made-up story. This story we see Jesus a shep being, being like a shepherd, and, and, and we see the sheep, the sheep being you and I. And in the story, that Jesus is saying, listen, all 100 of these sheep belong to me. But if one of them gets lost, what will the shepherd do? If one of them, just one of the, of the 100 sheep goes astray, what will that shepherd do? And we see here that you and I, every single person on the planet belongs to the Lord. Look at the scripture in Psalms 103. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us. And we are his, we are his people, and we are the sheep of his pasture. John 10, 11, I, Jesus, am the good shepherd. And so this story starts out with ownership. And I, I gotta say this today. You have to understand that your, your wife doesn't own you, and your job doesn't own you, and your addiction doesn't own you, and your past doesn't own you, and your difficulties don't own you. Did you know that there was a creator named, named Jesus? He, he owns you. He created you. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to experience everything that he has for you in this life. This story is a story of ownership. That when we look at people uh, uh, who are not, uh, who are lost, or people who are far from God, we have to recognize that God owns them. They are, belong to the Lord. That the, the, they, they ultimately were created by God. And we should be out calling them back into a relationship with Him. One of them gets lost, it says. 
What are we supposed to do? Now, the interesting part about this is that whenever we uh, talk about this idea, it's often we think that, okay, we identify ourselves with a character in the story. We say, okay, I'm one of the 99. Or I'm a definitely a, the one who strayed. Or maybe you're neither of those and you say, I don't really know which I am. I, like, I, I know that I found, I don't really know where I'm at in life. That's called a spiritual journey. I, I don't, I, I, I know that I think there's a God. I don't know what his name is. Or, man, I, I went to church for a long time and the pastor made a mistake. Or the church people hurt me. And so now my idea of God is totally skewed. And I actually don't really like God because I don't really like the people and don't like the church. Well, don't worry. People suck. It's okay. God loves the church. But people really screw this thing up sometimes. And if we look, at, we look at our relationship with God or our spiritual journey, often we identify ourselves with one of the characters in the story. I'm either the lost one. I'm either of the 99. I don't know where I'm at. And the reality is, is that every single person in this room this morning, every one of us has proneness to be like a sheep and to stray. Not just people who are unaware of God, even people who know God have an internal tendency to wander away from God. Look what the verse says in, in uh, 1 Peter. For you were going astray like a sheep, but you have turned back to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. So you, you were going astray like a sheep. David talked about this in Psalms 23, a very famous verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David is in this story. And David is, I, in this very story where he, he's writing this verse, David is going through an incredibly difficult time. Yet he paints this picture, this idyllic kind of pasture, this beautiful picture. Imagine for a moment, the rolling green hills and these beautiful white fluffy sheep and the sun's in the air and the water's going by and the sheep has a, this wonderful beard and he looks all wonderful in his outfit and all the sheep are there and everything looks so beautiful and so awesome. But in reality, the, the reality of this story is we know that life is not like that. How many of you know that life is difficult? Life, marriages struggle and we're sometimes lonely and sickness overcomes our body and finances are continuously in disarray and our friends have abandoned us and our job isn't fulfilling us anymore and man, my pain and my sorrow is keeping me back from engaging in relationships and I feel like I'm distant. How many of you know that the picture of this beautiful idyllic scene is not like the life that you and I live? David was not writing this from a position of making everything great. David was writing this as a position of I am one of those sheep and I'm lost and I'm broken and I'm distant and I need a shepherd to come and save me. Yeah. And the reason I know this is because David writes about it. In Psalm 69, look at this. He says, oh God, you know how foolish I am. This is David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. The Bible says that David fulfilled the purposes of God for his generation. David was a guy who committed murder and committed adultery. David was a guy who was far from God based on our level. Man, this guy was just distant, but he had such a great relationship with God. But look at this guy. He looks like a pretty sick sheep. Look what it says. You know how foolish I am. My sins cannot be hidden from you. You know of my shame. You know of my scorn and disgrace. You see all that my enemies are doing and their insults have broken my heart and I'm in despair and if only one person would show some pity, if only one would turn and comfort me, but instead they give me poison for food and they offer me sour wine for my thirst. Does that sound like a healthy sheep to you? This man of God, this man after God's own heart. My point is this, is that you might be here today and say, Ryan, I don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know, I was lost too. I find myself lost 
all the time in my life, even though I have a relationship with God, sometimes I feel distant and lost and disconnected and lonely and depressed and anxious and overwhelmed with life and I make bad choices and I make mistakes and I do wrong things and I'm a failure and I fall short and I miss the mark time and time again. I often wonder, God, why is this happening in my life? What did I do to get here? Where have I failed God? What have I done wrong? Why, I feel like people are mad at me or I feel like I made a mistake here. I feel like I could have done better there. And I look at my life and I regret every single one of us here today is in a place of our life where we need a shepherd to save us. Every one of us here today are like that one who needs God to come and transform our lives. In Psalms 119, David writes about a bunch of different stuff. And then he comes to this verse and he says, I've wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me for I have not forgotten your commands. Even David says, I am like a lost sheep. Sometimes you don't know you're lost. Sometimes we want to get lost. <laughs> we want to run away from our life because we don't want to deal with it. And it leaves us in a place in our life where we are in need of something different to change in our life, in our existence. And I want you to know, the scripture says here very quickly, he says, and when he has found this sheep, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Look at the scripture in Isaiah 53, and then we'll watch a video. He took the punishment that made us whole, and through his bruises we get healed. And we're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all of our sins, everything we've done wrong on him. On him. In the darkest part of your life, that word there for sin is actually the word iniquity. And that word iniquity there actually means irritation, confusion, guilt, wrong, a distorted way of thinking. He's taken all that and he puts you on his shoulders and he joyfully carries you back to the house of God. He joyfully brings you back to the place where he says, listen, you don't have to run any longer. I know you're broken. I know you're confused. I know you're irritated. I know you're frustrated. I know you're upset. I get it. I get it. Listen, put the, put the, put the sheep on your, he puts you on his back and he carried you like he carried the cross uh, to be crucified. You were that cross on his back and he carried you up and he was crucified so that he could take away your shame and take away your fear and take away your doubt. And that's what Jesus does for us, and that's what we as a church will do for the over 800,000 people in the city of Calgary who have not confessed that they know Christ. Or even more, maybe the high percentage of people who are just going to church that I call Christians who need to get saved. <laughs> I'm going to tell a story, and then we'll watch a quick video, okay? I'm going to tell a story about a couple in the church, and uh, he was, he, they were gracious enough to let me share it. If you just have a little patience with me today as I... I tried to articulate these in my own words, but I thought maybe I should just read his story. <laughs> this couple, they came to the church recently, and they found Christ, and life was good for them. Uh, very, he was a very spiritual person, and, but he knew there was a higher power, but he did not know who it was and didn't want to like, claim he knew who it was. And this, ben this benefited his family and his marriage and his job for the most part. And it would attribute to the majority of the good things that had happened in his life with his career and meeting his wife. But he still knew that deep in his heart he was searching. And as he wrote, it was a search that Google couldn't even find. 
searching for a higher purpose, a higher meaning, something more than this, and not just being focused on keeping up with the Joneses and having the nice material things and being surrounded by people who live their life for things and material possessions, knowing that there was something more than this. There was a higher power. There was a spiritual well-being. And in agreement together, they decided that they were going to go on a search to figure out what this was. One day, Stacy was standing at a bus stop with her daughter. And a girl named Nicole walked up to her, who also goes to our church. And Nicole leans over to Stacy and says, Hi, I'm Nicole. Would you like to come to church with me? And Stacy looked at her and said, Interesting, I'd love to. <laughs> That's the purpose of the church. And Stacy went home and said, Hey, I just got invited to church. And Simon said, That's awesome. I support you in that. I ain't going, though. <laughs> and it wasn't because he for any other reason. I just think he knew in his heart, he thought, man, I know this higher power. He felt like spiritually secure. And then he made a, a ridiculous bet. <laughs> he made a promise to his wife, if Liverpool won the Champions League, I would attend church the Sunday after. <laughs> At the time, the probability was extremely low as Liverpool had just lost the first leg of the semifinal by to Barcelona and needed to beat one of the best teams in the world by four goals. I guess you all can tell what the outcome was. Liverpool ended up by winning the semifinal and then going on to win the Champions League. Yeah, they did. They did. In quotes, figuring that I should probably not mess with this power. <laughs> and then it appeared that the higher powers, he wrote, was telling me to attend church, I should probably go, and well, here I am. When I first came to the church, I was guarded. I was not con convinced that this place was for me. I'd come through, a, I'm going to read now. I, was, I, I came through a lot by believing that the power resided within me and that it was through the power of my subconscious and the ability to utilize mantras and meditation to tap into the higher power that had got me to this great place in my life. I was humble and truly thankful, and I knew that this, there was a higher conviction and a purpose on my life. When Ryan greeted me, I was first, when I first arrived, it was pleasant, and, and, and as time moved on, I felt welcome and could feel the positive energy that was building in this place. I know it was Ryan's job to challenge me and convict me. Initially, my ego got in the way, and I was feeling like, who is this guy? Who does he? He doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I've been through. I'm just doing it like I think Simon did it. He does not know my life experience. Who is he to tell me who this higher power is? Yet something within me kept telling me to return. And as a spiritual leader in my family, my wife was also looking for me for guidance. And each week I kept meeting new people in the community and the positive energy that kept coming forth made me feel a strength inside. But the conflict was great. In my mind, I, I knew that this was a higher power, but, but I also knew that this had to be God. And during the journey of Ruth and the season of God is involved, I started analyzing my past and how this would relate to me. And I was looking towards the heaven, and I would also th say, thank you, Lord. The mantras I would use and say before going to sleep were essentially praying, and my meditations were deeper forms of prayer. But being scientific-based and on my natural spiritual journey, I was looking for answers as to what might be the higher power. What is it to understand that the world, and the more I researched scientific functions, I started to feel more connected with the Lord, and I started to understand that to enter this God realm, or in his words, the quantum realm, you had to understand that you could not come into a material form or material world, but from a higher level of spirituality. This helped me to understand it does not matter who you are in the eyes of the Lord. All your successes and failures mean nothing. It made me realize that I was experiencing this from Love City Church. No judgment, just positive, caring people coming together as a community to pray for a greater world and to care for each other unconditionally free of judgment. Overall, I am experiencing changes I was not expecting. <laughs> My wife and I are connecting on a more spiritual level, and we are starting to develop relationships that are built from love and spiritual levels rather than focusing on the material objects. My daughter's singing again when she wasn't singing anymore because she had to go to a new school. 
I know my journey with the Lord is just the beginning, but I'm truly grateful for the relationship I'm developing with the Lord. And I now know that that higher power is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working towards the greater good. Let me say that again. I now know that the higher power to be Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working towards the greater good in my life. This is the purpose of the church. Let's watch a video. Hi, Love City Church. My name is Nicole. I've been going to this church for about a year with my hubby and my three girls. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't start going to church till I was about 16. And um, a personal relationship with the Lord before then was a non-existent term in my home. I grew up um, with very young parents um, who loved us all very, very much. But um, we didn't know the Lord. And when I reached about 11 or 12, things in my life started to get pretty dark. Um, I was pretty depressed and believed the lie that the devil tells us all. We each have a lie that we believe about ourselves that is very untrue. And um, one of mine was that I was a burden and unwanted. And so I sought um, solace in the arms of other people, friends, boys, um, unhealthy relationships, and just very, very, a very sad youth. And then I reached a point, I was about 15, and I really, really desperately wanted connection. Connection to me, I've always been a very relational person. So when I didn't feel like I had connection, I felt desperate for um, a friend. So one day when I was, I was arguing with my dad to the nail about whether or not I should rollerblade to my boyfriend's house. It was horrible weather out, but I was like super stubborn. Teenage girls, so much fun. Um, super stubborn and wanted to rollerblade there. So he finally gave in, let me rollerblade, and I rollerbladed right past a church um, and rollerbladed past there and this young girl pops her head out and says, hey, do you wanna come check it out? So I said, well, sure, I loved people, I loved anyone who wanted to be my friend. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go have fun, let's do whatever. So I was more than willing to check it out and I went in and I, I was shocked. I was like, wow, churches have bands and they have a lot of young people, like this seems very strange to me and they were all having a lot of fun. And then I remember I heard the youth pastor say, you know, you know, you young men, you should treat these girls in this youth like they're your sisters. And I'd always wanted a big brother. So that to me was so appealing, just a lot of care and connection and they all cared about one another. That was my first experience in a church. I left shortly thereafter for the summer to BC to spend time with an aunt and uncle. And I remember coming home and it was kind of a pivotal point in my life because the friends I had before I'd met my church friends, church people, they weren't called my friends yet. Before I had met them, I had unhealthy friendships, very unhealthy, would have led me down a very dangerous road. So um, I remember my first day back at school, grade 11, by myself, had to make a decision. And I remember sitting in the bathroom, shut the stall, thinking, I need to make a choice. Do I choose, do I go back to my old friends, my old ways, or do I connect with this youth group and these young people who seem to have a lot of fun and they seem really happy. So I spent my lunch hour in the bathroom. I don't remember how long lunch hours were back then, but it felt like an eternity. And made the decision that night to call up one of the girls who had called me over the summer to try to connect with me. And she said, yeah, this is where we eat. So from then on, I just started hanging out with them and it changed the whole trajectory of my life. Um, 
I started going to church. I got baptized, I think I was 16, maybe 17. And when what really changed it, really clinched it for me is hearing a sermon on purity and just the love of the Lord and love of God and how much he loves us. And I remember I went out and I bought a purity ring and I said, from here on in, I'm gonna focus my life on serving Jesus. I'm not gonna serve other people to gain um, respect or to gain a position. Um, in their lives, I'm going to serve the Lord. And so I took a whole year just really focusing on him. And in that year, I met my hubby, um, Stefan. He is a rock, he is my rock, he is a good man. And we have three little girls. And that really, really, really changed my life. I just feel like sometimes in life, we really do feel like we need connection. And I will invite someone who has that feeling because I remember feeling that so desperately. And so if you say, hey, you want to come to church with me? Right there, it's just showing them you care. You care about them, you care about their future. Um, and there's a place of belonging in a church. So I would just really encourage you to invite someone. Invite someone who you feel really needs to make connection in their lives because it could really change the path of their family. Or if it's a young person, it can change who they hang out with and it can change their future. Because if I had not have found the church when I did, I probably wouldn't... Well, I know I wouldn't be married to the man I'm married to and have the children I do and even know Jesus, potentially. Hey, Love City. Uh, it's Tyler. Um, just wanted to kind of talk about my past year uh, coming to Love City and, and joining the church and how it's changed my life and really impacted my family's life, most of all. Um, we started coming back in August of 2018. And before that, um, I was in a low, low place in my life and I had started to really think to myself that I wasn't really going in the direction that I wanted to go. And I wasn't the person and the father and the husband that I wanted to be. And it was not until Laura had been invited by Stephanie that we decided to start coming to Love City. Um, we came for a visit. Um, it wasn't until uh, we started attending Love City that that's when I really noticed Jesus Christ impact my life. And uh, It was a, a late fall day or an early fall day that um, I had lunch with Ryan Iverson one day and we were sitting in a restaurant and, and he had mentioned to me that series two of It's Complicated was about how re in relationships couples talk down to one another, spitefully to one another. They try and win an argument, try and win a battle to feel better about themselves. That, And it was the exact reason that Laura and I had missed week two of It's Complicated. I had been driving in the car and had been irate and angry and I was screaming and yelling and, and the kids were crying and it was a really low part point in my life. And we ended up turning around in the parking lot and went home and said that it wasn't gonna be worth going and God couldn't change it. And after having lunch with Ryan that day and him saying that that's what the week that we missed, that that was what it was all about and the, maybe the lesson that we needed to learn, that was the most important thing to me. And that was when I really felt the Holy Spirit come and touch my life. It was an incredible moment. It was just the beginning and it took 38 years for it to happen. But if there's one thing I've learned, it's not my time that's gonna make it happen, it's God's time. And he's gonna choose the time when it's right for me to come and follow him in mind, soul and spirit. So we started coming to Love City and started to join a group and wanted to serve and it was going great. And actually in the last year, everything has been progressively getting better. I was in a really bad point in my life 
for quite a number of years, addiction, anger, um, just impatience with my family, with the people around me, with my work. But slowly but surely, as I dive more into the Bible and into prayer and into pursue, as I join groups and teams and I become more part of the team of Love City Church, that's when I've no, really noticed the change. Um, it's because of the people that I've met there, it's because of the teams, it's because of the men's group, it's because of the women's group for Laura that I've noticed a massive change in my family's life. My children are happier, my wife and I are getting along better. Um, but when I look at it from up above and I look at that timeline, what a significant difference it is between August of 2018 and August of 2019, I can feel significant changes in my life. I've experienced physical healing from prayer. I've experienced the Holy Spirit reaching out to me, just telling me what direction to go, showing me where I need to be. It's lightened my heart. It's given me more spirit than I've ever had before. And all I want to do is continue to dive in further. But the key is, is that you have to lean in. You can't just let it happen. You have to pursue things like groups and teams and relationships. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And in all honesty, that's the direction that I want to go with the rest of my life. And I'll continue to serve him for all my days. I grew up in a house that moved a lot. We uh, changed country every couple of years, and my mom and my dad weren't together, and they got divorced before I could even talk, and they hated God, and I grew up surrounded by people who didn't have any faith and didn't know anything about God or uh, love, really, like the way that this secular world knows about love but not real love and I was lost and constantly searching and one year I was 15 and I went to my dad's house to go and visit him for the summer for a couple weeks and ended up just being the most horrible slash best trip of my life. He uh, emotionally abused me that trip and I can honestly say that I'm just so grateful that that horrible thing happened because it led me to some of the best things that have happened in my life. I ended up leaving and spending the rest of that trip with his sister, my Aunt Jane, who I'd never really met before, and her family, and they were so at peace and stable, and um, they were just incredible, and I just... I found what love really was for the first time and every time I went back every summer she would invite me to go to church with them and I just never said yes because I just didn't know what it was about. I remember sitting in the airport before leaving to go back to Europe and just crying and just being like oh I don't want to leave and I just that feeling of like you're leaving your home and you never know when you're going to go back or if it'll be there when you come back. I just didn't want to go. I. I think I felt like an orphan in just a sea of darkness. And it makes me cry just thinking about that feeling of, yeah, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I just decided when I was 15, I was like, oh, I wanna live here. I wanna be in Canada. I just felt like this was home. So I just kept coming back. And 10 years ago, I moved to Canada 
uh, that first year that we were here, Jane asked me to come with her again to church. And I just thought, oh, you know what? I'll try, see what, see what it is. And then the minute I walked in, the minute I heard the songs, the minute things were happening there, I could feel God feeling. I just felt like I was at home. Like for the first time I had a father, like the first time I had people who loved me and who cherished me and who were welcoming me. And I felt like I was being, like I was home, like I was whole again. And um, over the years, I just kept going. And I don't think I really knew what, I don't think I really knew what I was doing there or I don't think I really knew what they were talking about even at first. Uh, they were just words. But I was, I don't know, convicted. I just fell in love um, with the peace and the love that everyone exhibited for each other. And um, I never stopped going. And when we had kids, I started bringing them. It caused a really big rift in our marriage, and uh, that was a problem for a lot of years. But, you know, eventually it came to a head, and it came to a pretty big low point in our marriage. And um, he started doing this Bible study. He um, started coming to church, and then <laughs> completely by happenstance, we got invited to Love City. And this year, uh, God just convicted me, like, this is where you belong. And um, and I just felt it. I felt like this is where John belongs. So I brought him, and of course, he it was two years ago, and he's been all in ever since. Yeah. I just, I thank God every day for the thousands of miracles that he gave me in that journey. And it means everything to me that uh, my kids will grow up with a completely different life than I had. And that they'll grow up knowing him, that they'll grow up loving him, that they'll grow up being grateful for the things that he's given to them. And he's so faithful and, and I finally feel like I'm not an orphan anymore. How amazing is that? So good to be with you today. Just wanted to share a bit of uh, my story and our family story, being a part of Love City Church for the past few years. And there was, uh, for many years of my life, being uh, what Ryan likes to call a, a Christian that needed to be saved. I was uh, in and around the church for most of my life, and uh, only since coming to Love City Church did I really discover uh, an authentic, life-giving relationship with Jesus. I had uh, formed some fairly unhealthy habits through a lot of my adult life, and God did an awesome work uh, for myself and for my family uh, through um, a number of things. Brittany and I, my wife and I, were water baptized at Love City Church in the fall uh, at our first year anniversary of 2017. And since that uh, time in our life, with the support of our uh, pastors, Ryan and Stephanie, and, and uh, other uh, family and friends in the church, God became real for the first time in our lives. And in prayer and fasting, uh, 2018, a few months after being water baptized, um, something I struggled with for a long uh, period of my life was alcohol. And in our prayer and fasting, God prompted me 
to use this uh, month of January to give it up uh, along with a few other things as part of the Daniel fast and as I did I read my Bible um, as part of a routine every morning I would wake up and and read the word and, and just get in it every day and God just started to move so greatly through his living word in the Bible and as I did there were so many things that became clearer to me through this uh, prayer and fasting last year um, we, we plugged in we pressed into everything that uh, the church is a part of and the rhythm of our Wednesday pursue gatherings life groups and the Sunday gatherings and obviously reading our word um, consistently for the first time in a long time and as we went through the first month in January our life just absolutely changed um, you know this is an area of my life that I had sort of tucked under the uh, carpet for a long time and didn't really want to head-on deal with it and uh, struggled with it for, for a long time and man through this prayer and fasting God just said go a little bit longer so I ended up going three months fasting from alcohol and realized that God was breaking chains in my life that had been held for a long time and in Romans 12 2 it says do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will know God's good and pleasing and perfect will for your life and God was changing my thinking through everything that we did at Love City Church. I remember one night in Pursue, my arms raised, which I used to think was weird, but now I get it biblically. And Bassey was praying behind me that I would open my eyes, that there would be a revelation in my life. And God did that through this time at Love City Church. And uh, since then, um, I was experiencing complete freedom from that in my life. And that was, I guess, almost two years ago uh, coming up on that I gave that up. And it just, it's been complete peace uh, in my life since that. And obviously there's still challenges and struggles and things we go through, but God is constantly at work because we allowed him to work uh, in our lives and partnered with him. So I would just encourage those of you to um, know, first of all, that, you know, our church is full of community the things that we do monday wednesday at pursue and our sunday gatherings and man if you partner with god and press in in any of those areas of your life that god will um he convicts but he also comforts you in he doesn't just point out areas of your life so you can say oh look how screwed up you are he does that so you can realize it and actually change the preferred future and the awesome life that he has for you so um Man, we're just so excited and so thrilled for what uh, God's doing in our church and what he's done in our lives. And uh, it was C.S. Lewis who once said, friendship begins at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. And I just wanna encourage you, if you're in a season of your life where you think you're the only one, <laughs> You're not. You can look to your left and your right and there's somebody that's probably going through something uh, similar or different, but we all have these struggles. And I know that, man, plugging into this church and what we're doing as a community of believers can change your life. And God wants to do that. And he's got a good plan for you. 
and life's great, man. We have an awesome marriage. Our uh, marriage has been restored. Our family and our kids, uh, we're plugging in and, and we're just so thankful to be a part of this body and uh, blessed to see you all in church today. So God bless you. Sorry. Three years ago, we started our church, and this is why. It's why. I wanted to be a part of a church where I could just be me. I can love the Lord and try our best to reach as many people as we can and see real life change. People's lives. So I want to invite you to join us on this journey. Let's just drop the religious stuff. Let's just drop the stuff that doesn't matter. Let's really invest ourselves as the purpose of a church to reach people. And maybe you're here today and you're lost. Maybe you're today and you're one of those people. Maybe you're just like Andrew and you've got addiction in your life. Or you're just like maybe Nicole and you, you, you had grown up maybe not around church. Or Justine who felt like you were an orphan and needed someone in your life. Or, or maybe like Tyler who just needed God to come and just shake you up and transform your life. Maybe you need that. I don't know where you've come from today. But today is an opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I want to pray for you. I always do this every week, but you can just stay seated for a minute. James is going to play. The first person I want to pray for today is those in the room today who, who you have just had some bad church experiences, and you're here today and you think, man, I would love to be a part of that. I want to pray for you today. The second person I want to pray for is those in the room who say, Ryan, I, want, I don't know Jesus. As Simon put it, I, maybe you know there's a higher power. Or maybe you're here today and you, you don't believe in God or, or you've never been to church and you say, Ryan, I'm here today and I got invited and it's my first time in, in this environment and I would like to give my life to Jesus and start this journey that Simon and Stacy went on and G, that uh, uh, Andrew and Brittany went on and Tyler and Laura went on and uh, Justine and John and, and Nicole and Stefan. I want to go on that same journey of trying to know this God who owns me and created me and developed me and wired me and cares for me. Well, if you're here today and you say, right, I'm the first group. I want to I be a part of that church. I, I, I want to get involved and be pressed into that church. A church that's not a non-religious movement of people that just loves others and loves God. Well, if you're here today and say, Ryan, that's me. I, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to see who I'm praying for. Say, Ryan, that's me today. I, I want to be on that journey. I want to be in that group today. I want to be that person. Come on, fantastic. Come on, I want to pray for the second group here. Every eye closed in this place, please. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to see who I'm praying for. You're here today and you say, Ryan, I, I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't have a relationship with him. I've never given my life to God. I've never been in this environment before. And I'd like to, I'd like to do that today. I don't fully understand what that means, but I know, I think I have an idea, and today I'd like to maybe raise my hand and say, okay, Ryan, will you help me go on this journey to meet God and to have a relationship with Him, and ultimately when I die, I'll spend an eternity with Him. Come on, baby, I close. If that's you today, I'm going to count to three. You just put your hand up real quick so I can see you, and then you can put it right back down. You're here today, and you want to accept Christ in your life on the count of three. One, two, three. Go ahead and just put your hand in the air really quick. On anybody in the room today like to give your life to Jesus Christ 
and go on this journey today to know him better and live the life that he intended you to live. Come on, amen. Come on, church, would you stand with me this morning? Come on, Father, right now, I just pray, Lord, for this first group. I just pray, Lord, for the many hands that were lifted today. God, I pray that they would start this journey today, Father, of knowing you and being in a relationship with you and being in a church, God, that, that loves you and loves people, God, and serves one another and cares for one another, God, and is trying our best to, to do exactly what you've called us to do, Lord. I pray, Lord, for all the pains of the past, the wounds of the past, the areas of their life, God, where they've been hurt or wounded or had a bad experience. We pray that today, God, and that you want us to be a part of your body. Now, Lord, I just pray for the second group, God. Come on, church, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life today. I want to know you better. Forgive me of all my sin in my life. I'm a lost sheep. Thank you for finding me. And I give my life to you today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said, amen. Come on, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.